listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sines, and this is episode 70. Welcome, dearest doula community. I'm really excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is a childbirth educator, birth doula, and meditation facilitator, currently serving clients in the Adelaide, Australia area. Ladies and gentlemen, from the future, we have Miss Anna Siebert. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for turning back the wheels in time to come on the show with us today. It is 7.30 in the morning where Anna is and a nice toasty 3 o'clock in the afternoon for me over here in Texas, but we're really excited that we were able to coordinate a time and bring you on the show. Now, I've given our listeners just a really brief overview, so if you don't mind, go ahead and fill in the blanks on your introduction. Sure. Um, Well, one of the... Um, one of the things that's most important to me is being able to support families um, to be able to ride the waves um, and I guess find um, their strength and empowerment no matter what the circumstances. Um, So what I love to help prepare women for in birth um, through my workshops and also um, through my doula work is um, being able to reconnect with I guess the innate strength that all of us have within us, um, really getting to, you know, getting to know their bodies and um, being able to birth, birth in a way that isn't, isn't directly related to an outcome. So while we work towards, a, you know, their, their birthing goals, um, it's, it's also about being able to stay, um, stay in their sense of empowerment throughout that process. Exactly. Oh, that was beautifully said. Thank you so much. Now, you wear many hats, and so I'm glad that we're going to get to touch on some of them, but mainly as a birth worker, I know that in the very beginning, it was really difficult for me to explain what it is that I have to offer my clients to Mm -hmm. people that had never really heard of of doulas and and birth work in general. So, Anna, let's say you're at a networking party and someone Mm -hmm. turns and asks, what is it that you do? How do you describe that in around 10 seconds or less? Uh, I'm not a woman of few words, but uh, I, I usually say something along the lines of I help women have the birth that they want, but more importantly, I help them to emerge from that birth positive and empowered no matter how that birth unfolds. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> sure. Something that I think would really inspire our listeners would be able to hear how you became inspired to do what it is that you do. So if you wouldn't mind taking us back to that point in time where inspiration struck and you realized that birth work was the career path for you, I'd love to have you share that. And then also just take a moment to touch on if you had any particular struggles going into or making that transition into birth work and special Mm -hmm. considerations that you had to make, whether it be with family or, um, you know, perhaps another job. I think that would be really great for our listeners to hear. Sure. Um, well, it, it's all started with um, the pregnancy and birth of my eldest daughter, my first child. Um, I was misdiagnosed by my medical caregivers with having a, a high-risk condition that I actually didn't have. And um, the whole antenatal care was, was really quite terrifying. And, you know, when they say things like, well, you know, we should probably schedule a section because, you, you know, you could die. Um, 
that's not really up there with the things you want to hear when you're pregnant. Um, and especially knowing that I didn't have this condition and that um, no matter what I was saying to them, they, they, they didn't really seem to get it. And I, I later found out that someone who did have that condition had actually died the year before I gave birth. So I, later I understood their concern, but it was really at the, um, the all the messages that I was getting were that you know, they didn't believe that I could do this. And um, all I wanted was the opportunity to have a go. And I really wasn't against ending up with a section, but I, I wanted to give um, birth a go. But um, so so what that, what that led me to do was really throw myself into understanding the physiology behind labor. I, I have a health science background. Um, and so I was really exploring everything that goes into um, – how how we birth and um, that led me to all of the um, I guess the mental perspectives and the emotional meanings that we have attached to birth over the last hundred years mm-hmm. um, and and I I just remember there were a few aha moments. One was watching um, Birth as We Know It. Um, and and the other was reading Guide to Childbirth by um, Childbirth by Ina May Gaskin, and I just went, oh my goodness! <laughs> and my eyes were open, and then suddenly I was this um, birth advocate and telling everybody and anybody, even if they didn't want to hear it, <laughs> all about how we've been conditioned to experience labour in a certain way, and and. Um, and was really, you know, every pregnant woman that I was coming across, I was finding myself, you know, encouraging them. And, um, and a few people said, wow, Anna, your words really made an impact on me. Why don't you become a doula? And I hadn't really, um, hadn't really thought about it, but, but I had looked into some childbirth education classes in my city and there was really only one that wasn't connected to a hospital. And they were sold out. They booked out. Um, for both of the both of the sessions that I could have gone to, and I thought for my entire city of about one million people, why is there only one active childbirth class going? And I said, right, that's it. I'm going to I'm going to make one. So after I think my daughter was about um, about one, when I, at this point I'd already been sort of working as a doula, but I hadn't done any training. I'd just been naturally connecting with women, and they said, can you talk to me more about this, can you be there for my labour? And I realised what I was, was doing was, a, was actually doula work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, no, 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 that's not what I want to focus on. I, I want to, I want to give, be able to reach more people. I want to do these classes. And, um, but, but doula work really was, it, was, it, it ended up <laughs> chasing me, mm-hmm. hunting me down. And I, I got um, approached by someone and said, you know, would you please be our doula? So I thought, well, um, through Childbirth International, who I was training to do my childbirth education with, I could do some cross-study um, and sort of add on doula to what I was doing. And um, and it all happened really kind of organically. Um, but it was a big shock working out how to balance that with um, with my with being a parent and... Um, it's not, it's not like a normal job where you can just, you know, you, you know, you're going to be working a certain amount of hours a week. Um, 
you don't know how long those births are going to go for. And being on call has been really, really difficult. Um, having to say to various relatives, hi, so my client is due in two weeks on this day and this day and this day, just in case she goes into labor, but she might not. Um, would you mind being our backup, um, you know, tentatively to look after the kids? Um, you know, that's something that we're still, we're still working out. Thankfully, my, um, my other job has been really understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a constant, it's a constant struggle. Um, and without the support of my husband, I would find it a lot more difficult. But he, you know, he believes in this work too. So that makes it a lot easier. Oh, that's great. And it sounds like you have the support of your husband and your family. So that mm-hmm. that's a really special thing to have and to take advantage of. And I feel that a lot of women are afraid to to ask and to ask for that help and to take advantage of those those resources we have in our friends and our family who are supportive of what we're doing. And so mm-hmm. I do like to take some time to touch on that, um, especially when we have parents on the show. Everybody has their unique pain points when they're entering the field because no matter what, it is a pretty radical transition from your more common eight to five job. And so, um, especially with the nature of birth work and always being on call, I think that's just an interesting challenge that I worry holds a lot of listeners back. A lot of these Mm -hmm. interested um, potential doulas or childbirth educators or Mm -hmm. whatever it is for them um, is the idea of, you know, how am I going to manage this time if I have a family or how am I going to leave my job and go from a steady paycheck to me having to be completely responsible for bringing that in. And so just taking that time to focus on what worked for you, like we all know what worked for you worked for you. And that doesn't mean it's not a general uh, principle that we can all apply to our lives, but hopefully that will, you know, maybe have given somebody a little more inspiration or a little more encouragement to follow their own path. So thanks for sharing that one. You're welcome. Now, as you and I both know, birth work isn't all sunshine and daisies. And like anything else, it really does have its struggles. And I Mm. think that's a really important thing to talk about here on the show and that we do talk about on every birth worker feature. And we like to have our guests share a time, just a particular moment, a day um, where you hit your lowest point as a birth worker. That can be in the form of a lot of things, it could be just as a business worker where you realized maybe you weren't bringing in the revenue you needed to that month, or maybe it was just on the more doula birth work side of things, having uh, a client who had a rough outcome or, you know, an unexpected loss. But just hearing those times, I think, is an important part of the reality of what we do, but then also kind of to bring us back up is have you share how you overcame that struggle. Um, I think that would be really great. And I know our listeners would love to hear it. Sure. Well, probably two. Um, one of them I think was, um, witnessing my client be assaulted by the hmm. medical team that should have been, you know, looking after her. Um, and that, that I was surprised actually. I, I kind of experienced what's called vicarious trauma um and but but I um you know I I went and saw a psychologist um you know to talk that through and she was incredibly helpful but also because you know part of the trauma was seeing that happen to my client um being there for her and holding space for her afterwards many many times um 
and eventually supporting her to go to the hospital and file an official complaint. Um, and I, there was a lot of you know self-care, making sure that, that I was okay before I attended another birth. Um, but I think it was it was looking at you know how I I really I really sort of I pulled that um, I pulled that situation aside apart and um, and really it, all it did in the end was reinforce my um, my desire to care for for my clients but also it really strengthened the kind of support I do for whoever their other support person is if that's their sister or their husband or their you know partner um without you know saying this can happen because you know that's really unhelpful um reinforcing the kind the, the kind of role that they play um as part of the care for the woman and then the other one was um my very first workshop and i you know advertised it and i was so excited to finally you know get my workshops out there and no one signed not a single person came to this workshop and I had put down money for the hire of the venue and I had put so much blood and sweat and tears oh gosh uh, that was a really low moment mm. <laughs> where I thought maybe I'm not supposed to do this maybe it's a sign um you know and the there was embarrassment from the money I'd put into advertising and, and securing that venue. And um, again, then stepping back and looking at, okay, well, what can I make of this situation? Um, and, you know, there were actually, it was, it was the way I'd run the course. It was too long. Um, a lot of the people that I'd had interested were getting pretty close to their due date and, um a four-week course when you're already 36 weeks. It's, you know, a little bit too long. Right. So I tweaked it and um, condensed it, which, uh, you know, for a birth worker can be pretty hard because you want to include everything, right? They need to know everything. <laughs> um, um, and, yeah, I made, it, I made it 10 hours instead of 16 hours of content and did it over two weeks and um, – and I ran one the very next week. I wasn't going to, you know, let it put me off. And, yeah, it was much more successful. Um, so it was, you know, it was definitely that determination and what what can I do to, you know, what, where's my role in this failure and what can I do to change it for the future? Wow, Anna, you gave us two really powerful stories that touched on the birth worker side and the, the business side. And, you know, birth work is just a constant learning experience. And going back to that that first experience that you shared with us, I know that that's um, something that I was very afraid of facing one day as a new doula was the idea that I might be a witness to my client being mis, uh, mistreated, you know, or or wronged in some way and so that can be that is just as as much of a way down and and can be as potentially traumatizing to us as it is to them so recognizing that it had affected you and seeking out the help and the guidance and the support you needed I'm sure really enabled you to be able to be a better form of support to your client and give her that strength and that kindness and that compassion that she needed as well to be able to go and file that grievance which is no small feat so that's just a huge okay. testimony to the amazing care that you must have provided your client 
And then just touching a bit more on that second story that you shared with us, um, that is an incredibly humbling experience. It, you know, when we have these failed attempts at setting something up and striking out on our own, it can really knock down your ego. And there's just, you know, different points in times as a business person where when you hit that wall, you have to make that decision. Are you going to plow forward? Are you going to stop? Or are you going to pivot? And sometimes mm-hmm. there's beauty in that pivot and recognizing that there's just a couple things to tweak here and there that can then lead to a much better outcome. And so mm-hmm. I love getting to hear that, you know, that, that, uh, not having any signups on that first workshop didn't stop you. You didn't quit. You didn't just give up, but you just figured out what you needed to do to make it change. And that's Mm -hmm. so great because now you're here and you're a great resource for all of the people in your area. So awesome, awesome job. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. So now we kind of move into the flip side of that, um, those dark times. And we go into what I like to call the movie moment here on the show. Now, more simply put, that's just a time as a birth worker where you realized this is why I do what I do. I was meant to be right here, right now. If you could take us to that point in time, we'd love to hear it. Sure. Um, well, it was when I was um, with a client in labor and um, – she you, she was she'd been really struggling to let go and get into that labor zone um like many of us do and um you know, so we'd been we'd been working together to try and help her to let go and and let the birth take over and not to think about it too much and um she had a bit of a sleep and then when she woke up she was in transition and and I was I was looking at her and and my brain was going oh yes I recognize that and yes I recognize that I'm I'm pretty sure she's in transition and and at this point her her midwife um so at a lot of the hospitals in my city um we had we have midwifery led care for your labor so you're you're taken care of by a midwife, and the only time an obstetrician is called is if there's something you know really wrong, um, or they have to you know they have you know they're worried about the baby or or something. So her midwife had gone off for a break, and a replacement midwife had come in, um, who didn't know my client and and didn't know how she'd been laboring and um, didn't really know what she'd wanted for her her birth. Um, and she comes in right as she's saying, I want the drugs, I want the drugs, give me the drugs. And this particular client had been really, really keen to have a drug-free labor. Obviously, as a doula, we support any kind of labor, but this particular client was really, really intent on on um, not having the drugs to get her through. And she's, I remember she was kneeled over the bed and I can't, I can't, just, I want you just to, to cut the baby out of me, just give me the C-section, give me the drugs. And the midwife said, okay, okay, well, um, we can do that for you. And she said, but I didn't want the drugs, I didn't want them. <laughs> and the, the midwife said, yes, well, we all have plans, don't we? And sometimes they don't, things don't go to plan. She's like, but I don't want them, but I need the drugs. And I'm watching her and she's, you know, she's not, she was really, really losing it I mean I can't even convey you know how that kind of you know that transition right. uh, craziness that some of us go through and um and she had also um 
she you know she'd been nauseous and she'd thrown up and she was getting that really agitated aggressiveness and um and the midwife left to go get her the pethidine and and I'd noticed that while you know with the the midwife had really been saying would you want the pethidine I can get you some pethidine would you know do you want an epidural I don't want an epidural okay well do you know do you want the pethidine well I didn't I didn't want to do it with the drugs I didn't want to do it. and she didn't actually consent to hmm. having the pethidine um because she wasn't in that in that mental place to actually be able to agree or disagree she was just having that transition moment um, so the midwife who was listening to, you know, the words that she was saying, which were, you know, give me the drugs, um, she went off and, and got her the pethidine and um, when she left, I, I looked at my client and said, did, did you want to maybe see how you go over the next little while? Did you want to try something different? And she looked at me and wide-eyed, she's nodding her head so, so quickly and so hard. I was like, oh, stop, you're going to give yourself an injury. <laughs> so I, I turned to her husband and said, right, well, when, when they come back in, um, I think you, you, you're going to have to just say that she doesn't want to use the pethidine right now. They're not, they're not going to force you, don't worry. But, you know, that she, she, that this isn't what she wanted. Um, and and she, you know, then, then the client starts saying, I don't want my mum here. I don't want my sister here. They're not supposed to come. I don't want them here. And I thought, right, okay, she's getting into her, you know, proverbial cave. You know, mm-hmm. she's really, really getting into this, this moment. And the original midwife came back and the midwife we'd just seen had come back and then the supervisor to watch them um, give her the pethidine. And her husband got all really wonderful. It was really, really quite sweet to watch him get very protective. He said, he does, she doesn't want it. And they said, oh, okay, you know, is this true to the client? And she turned and at this point she's on her knees on the, holding onto the back of the bed and you can see she was really at that, almost at the top of the mountain and she was about to come down and, you know, ride the way out to birth. Um, and she turned to the midwives and holding onto the back of the chair so determinedly she, she went, no! <laughs> And they were like, okay, okay, that, that's fine. And, and then something something clicked and she suddenly, she grabbed that the, the tube for the gas and she was, and then staring at me and she'd hold my gaze and she would blow out. And then every now and then she'd say, the baby's coming. And she did. She suddenly just went over that peak and she birthed that baby. She had like a five or ten minute second stage with no tearing, no screaming, no nothing, just like got right in that birth zone and it was unbelievable. And I remember just feeling so grateful that I'd been able to be a part of helping her have that that birth that she wanted that she hadn't actually consented to having the pethidine, although it had kind of seemed like it. Mm-hmm. She never actually said, yes, I, I want the pethidine and and having been able to, to recognize because one I knew her her wants so well and two because we'd spent so much time together leading up to the birth I knew her and and also to be able to recognize the you know from how she that change in her behavior to know that she was in transition um and and I just, I thought, right, that's it. How many women does this happen to? And I remembered back to my birth um, and some of the things that had happened to me. And I thought, yep, that's it. You know, they just, they just need that. They just need that extra support. Oh, and that's amazing. 
Yeah, I felt so amazing too. I, I definitely left that birth on cloud nine. <laughs> That's awesome. You painted an excellent picture. I feel like I was in that birth room with you and I can see the mom's head turning around and her just <laughs> roaring no to everybody. Yeah. And this is her birth and her moment. And she was literally oh. on top of it, you know? So that's so great. I'm so glad that our listeners got to share in that story with you. So thank you so much for sharing that one with us. You're welcome. <laughs> now, before we move into the nitty gritty, we're just going to pause to get a quick word in from our sponsors. Gentlebirth is celebrating 10 years of innovation in childbirth education. The Gentlebirth Institute trains childbirth educators to provide evidence-based interactive brain training for birth classes. Instructors provide parents with solid childbirth education, as well as mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis, and sports psychology. For more information on the Gentlebirth Institute's online interactive training, visit www.gentlebirth.com or download the app from the App Store or Google Play. So, Anna, what would you say is your biggest strength as a birth worker? Probably my biggest strength would be the um, the calm and the reassurance that my clients feel after a session with me. I really incorporate a lot of my meditation techniques um, and helping them, you know, try and reconnect with their own strength. And, you know, the, the probably the most common compliment I get is I feel so much calmer having spoken to you. Um, yeah. And what would you say is your biggest weakness as a birth worker? Oh, that would be, um, I'm definitely not a specialist kind of person. I'm a, you know, go wide kind of person. And so my, probably my biggest struggle is that I want to do everything. Um, and, and that's led me to burnout. Um, I can't, you know, I probably don't have enough lifetimes to do everything I want to do. Um, (laughs) and, and so it's really like coming back to, no, Anna, you need to refocus. You need to, um, yeah, you know, come back to come back to what it is that you're doing. Um, yeah, because you know, I, I mean, like right now, I'm, um, I'm also doing an acupressure course, and and I could just keep studying. I could, I could keep doing. I could do all kinds of things. And no, no, I can't. I can't. I can't do it all. I need to, um, yeah, focus. That would be my biggest weak lack of focus, weakness. <laughs> I think I think we share that, and I'm sure that's very common among birth workers because it is. It's definitely a calling that we're called to because mm-hmm. of our passion for what we do, and so it's so hard to focus all of that passion into one particular aspect of birth work and serving our clients. Yeah. And so, in my family, we have the motto or the acronym "Focus" that we follow, and it's "Follow one course until success." And it just reminds mm-hmm. us to to just yeah, just stick to that one thing and yeah. go you know one inch wide and one mile deep, as opposed to a mile wide and an inch deep on stuff. But it's definitely hard, you know. If, like ignoring that shiny object syndrome and, and mm-hmm. wanting to chase the next cool new thing. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, so, so I definitely feel you on that one. <laughs> a friend of mine calls it attention deficit or shiny. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't have ADD, I've got ADOS. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, okay, so Anna, what would you say is one thing that has you inspired right now? Uh, I guess there in my city, um, there is a lot of consumer advocacy movement happening. 
And that is really inspiring. There are some really amazing people who are, you know, banding together and, and all collect the, you know, the, the birth workers are starting to reunite after some, there were some really, really tough things that happened in the birth world in, in my city. Um, and it kind of scattered everybody. Um, and there's this really great movement right now for everybody to come together, to work together and, um, and really advocate for women in birth, families in birth, because, you know, men too absolutely, you know, experience um, the trauma and issues. So, yeah, it's really inspiring right now to be a part of it. Cool. What is one personal habit that keeps you on your A-game? Probably constant gratitude. Um, it really, it, it keeps me grounded. Um and it keeps me positive. It it reminds me that um, I'm actually I'm actually really lucky to be a part of what it is that I do. For someone to let me into their birth space, that's an enormous honor and a huge responsibility. And um, the gratitude keeps me, you know, on my feet. It it keeps me working well with the other birth workers um, and the other staff. Um, and I think really helps me to to want to be um, the best support that I can be for my clients. Oh, that's a beautiful answer. <laughs> Thanks. What is one internet resource like Kelly Mom that you swear by? That that is a really tough question. Can I can I answer two? <laughs> sure. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so one of them is um, is evidence based birth. Okay. Um, I find her research really fabulous. And another one is a, a fabulous business owner called Leonie Dawson, um, and she she does all kinds of business support. Um, but she inspires me to be true to myself um, because she is so uncompromisingly herself, mm-hmm. and really super encouraging, and has some really great business tips. Um, and so I follow her blog and um, have signed up for a couple of her courses, and I get her her workbooks each each year. Um, yeah, so that's like she she from a business perspective, I really love what she does. Oh, that's so great, and that's so funny that you've mentioned that. It must be divine intervention because I've been really contemplating joining her Shining Academy. I oh, just me too. learned about her, and so um, yeah, I think she she offers really great products oh. out there, the business journals and the calendars, and then the whole energy that that comes across on her website and on her videos. I'm just I've been really drawn to it, and so I've been on the fence and just a little nervous about making that investment. But you're testimony might have just been what I needed to, to, to move forward with that. So awesome. That yeah, I'm so glad I let you give two answers to that. <laughs> okay, so um, what one book would you recommend to the Dearest Doula community and why? I'm, I'm, there are a lot of books that I'm sure other people will have recommended already, things like, you know, Guard to Childbirth or Childbirth Without Fear or or any of those ones. So I might go something completely different that recently inspired me. Okay. Um, and it's a book called Critical Decisions. Um, it's by a physician. Um, his name is Peter Ubel, U-B-E-L. Um, and he wrote this book called Critical Decisions. And the whole book is about, um, about communication between caregivers and um, patients or, you know, in our 
in our um, case, it's clients. Mm-hmm. But looking at, he, he tells us, explains everything from the perspective of both a physician and also as a um, patient himself and then also as the husband of a patient as his wife um, when she went through breast cancer and all of the different roles that people play and how the communications break down and how easy it is to forget. Um, And it was really, really inspiring. I mean, remembering... um, I remember when I when I did my Bachelor of Health Science, I you know I learned so many words, and I'd be talking to people about things, and I would just forget that um, other people didn't know the medical name for certain things. I, it wasn't that I was showing off; I would literally just forget, which is you know I think what happens to a lot of a lot of doctors they forget what it was like before they went to medical school, and so really having compassion for their perspective, um, that they think that they're being good communicators. And then the same with the patients who are trying to explain things in, from their own perspective. And then working out how together as a big team, everybody can come together and make decisions under, you know, in really stressful times um, where everybody reaches their outcome. And I think it's a really fabulous resource for any, any birth worker um, yeah, Critical Decisions by Peter Ubel. Awesome. We'll make sure to put a link to that in our show notes page. Excellent. What is one item other than yourself that you consider your must-have as a doula? Mm, as a doula? Um, okay, well, actually, I don't have a birth bag. Okay. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't use it. Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff is available in the hospital anyway. Um. So I guess what I take and what I cement each time, it's not, it's not a thing, but it's, it's absolute faith in my client. Um, women instinctively know uh, if you trust them or not. When they're in birth, when their senses are heightened and they can pick up on body language, they can almost mind read um, in some, for, for some emotional things. And if you don't believe in them, they are going to pick up on it and it will affect their birth. So it's absolute faith in my client. Awesome. Okay, so this next question is a bit of a doozy. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Your food and shelter are taken care of, and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't bother with business cards. So far, they're not. Um, I don't know if maybe if it's different in America, but certainly in Australia, I'm not finding anybody is having much traction with business cards. Okay. So I would leave that one. Um, I would probably bake some cupcakes and treats for the local maternity care providers to to do some networking and I would print flyers and strategically place them and probably run a Facebook ad, just a small one. Uh, Yeah, I think that would take up $300. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right, great. Now, whether it comes to business building, attracting clients, or marketing your brand, what are some strategies that you've implemented that you feel have helped to elevate your business? One thing is um, trying to focus on what I, what what it is that my clients most want, not what I think they need. Um, so I could um, I could try and market my services based on you know well you know women need um, they need continuity of care. A lot of women that aren't involved in consumer advocacy don't really know what continuity of care is. Um, so using those words 
is, is not helpful. Uh, what they want to know is that someone's going to be there for them no matter what. So then I'll say, I'll be there for you no matter what. Um, it's, it's really finding out, finding out what, yeah, what they want and finding out how I can show them that I meet, I meet that want. Awesome. And then lastly, what is a success quote that inspires you? It would be taken from, probably taken from, um, well, I, I don't think she came up with it, but I hear her say it often, a woman called Natasha Denman, um, who's a business coach here in Australia. Um, she says often that consistency is key and that's, that's definitely true. Um, you know, it's, it's continuing to show up, continuing to do what you know works um, and being consistent in it, not giving 100% one day and 0% the next day. Great. All right, yeah. awesome. Well, the Dearest Dula community truly values having you on the show today, Anna. So let's go ahead and wrap up today with a parting piece of guidance, a little bit more about your business and the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, so my business is, um, is childbirth workshops um, and, and doula support and, and meditation classes for women and their partners um, to be able to feel most supported and to be able to get the birth that they want no matter how, no matter how things un- unfold to, to come out of that experience positive and empowered. Um, and you can visit my website at www. Anna Siebert, A-N-N-A-S-I-E-B-E-R-T dot org. Just remembering that what you do is one of the most enormous honours um, that that could possibly be um, bestowed upon us by by the women and the men that we serve, the families that we serve. Um, and what we're doing is making a big difference. Um, all over the world, women are starting to believe that they have rights in birth and stand up for those rights and um if you you know you keep keep doing what you're doing don't be afraid to make this a business rather than a hobby um so that you can serve more women um because what's happening right now is super super exciting and you know don't give up it can be disheartening but don't give up all right awesome well and the dearest Dilla community will be able to find links to everything of value that we mentioned on today's show by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking the podcast button and finding you in the archives or by typing Anna Siebert, which you already spelled out A-N-N-A-S-I-E-B-E-R-T, all as one word in the search bar to have this unique show notes page pop right up. So thank you so much for coming on and waking up bright and early for us over there and sharing your unique and inspiring stories. The dear Dilla community sends you a warm hug and now we're all one step closer to being connected, educated and empowered. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too.